Thanks for checking out the Generosity Labs podcast. Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we will talk to pastors, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We're going to discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life and how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out. Join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. Check out www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources made available just for you and your church. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Jang and you're listening to the Generosity Labs podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. As you know, we've been traveling across the interwebs talking to pastors and consultants and service providers and church leaders talking about current trends, models, best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community's life. Generosity is something that every pastor, every church leader needs to pay attention to. Today, I'm really fortunate to have uh, someone that's knowledgeable and actually in the trenches for giving and generosity in the church space. Uh, welcome to the show, Dean Sweetman from Tidely. Hey, Kenny. How you doing? Great to be with you today. So I love the fact that um, many people watch this on video on YouTube and our video podcast, but you have a voice for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I, I have been told that I have a better voice for radio than a face for television. So <laughs> well, I'll I take think, that as a compliment. <laughs> I think you've got one uh, check, check plus in both columns. So um, I'm glad to have with you, you with us today. Um, a lot of people may not have encountered you before, but you've done so much work in this area. Why don't you just give us a 30-second recap of your journey and how you literally ended up at Tithely right now? Well, um, so I was a pastor, church planter for 30 years. So I understand the needs of ministers from the frontline perspective. So I planted a church in Atlanta in 1996, grew to 2,500 members, um, planted, kind of oversaw the planning of about 50 other churches for my denomination. So... In 2013, I'm on a skiing trip with my uh, oldest son, who's one of those computer geniuses, right? And I said, there has got to be a way. The iPhone had been out a couple of years. I could see the app economy really going to be the future. And I said, there's got to be a way for people to give with their phone. That is the future. And that was born out of a frustration of the 4th of July, half my church is gone, which means half my offering is gone. Yeah. And, And so, and you know, like... As a minister, you want everyone to be in church every week, but that is not reality, uh, as pastors know. So I just started to piece together the things of it. It, it was all going to be about mobile, and if we could get an easy, simple giving solution by phone, that was going to change the bottom line. And um, so that's that's how it all came about. I love of, how practical that is, and you know, to be honest, one of that's I guess the business side of church that so many times I guess congregants don't actually pay attention to it that you know in ministry we live on a budget and the budget has this forecast of regular revenue that comes in and whether it be weather related cancellations or holidays or people just not showing up to church on a you know on a weekly basis anymore in our culture um, that actually hits the bottom line and it makes a it's significant right it is a part of the ministry life now it's a huge factor so most businesses are gonna budget you know, the coming year on previous income, and they're going to add a little bit more for growth. 
Um, you know, typically for a church on the business side of things, and I, I say that because a lot of pastors don't think business mindset when it comes to church and giving. So, um, yeah, we, I think the, the shift that has to come to the wider body of Christ coming from ministers' mind thought is um, I've got to run this as a business. I've got to use best business practices. And to do that, I have to have some kind of way of projecting my income. Yep. And, uh, and so you mentioned weather events. You know, we, last year, I think it was, there was a big weather event up the East Coast. And we sent out a note to our pastor saying, hey, really just promote, you know, giving via the mobile device. Because half your church is not, most people, most churches shut down. Yep. It was a big ice event through the Carolinas or something like that. So sure enough, giving didn't get affected for most of our customers. Because when you put an anywhere, anytime giving solution in people's hands, it changes the whole dynamic. Nice, nice. So that's the okay. Let's get right to it then, because I'm going to challenge yep. you and be the devil that's advocate here. People right. are people will say, okay, people will give and start to buy things on their mobile phone. Amazon had record numbers in terms of what percentage of revenues done on the mobile phone these days. But are people actually yep. giving and donating via yep. the mobile phone? So. Um, just to preface that, we did a deep data dive, which basically was, you know, a few thousand churches on our platform, tens yeah. of millions of dollars. We went down into the data and his and we'll talk about a few of these data points today. But number one, the answer is yes. More than 50 percent of the contributions that come in by mobile are over two hundred and fifty dollars. So people are just not, you know, they're not scared to give with their phone. They're actually OK to give big money. 18% of our contributions, $1,000 plus. Um, we've had contributions of $50,000 via text message. So it, it's a no-brainer. When you're, especially millennials, they're getting an Uber, they're buying movie tickets. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're, like you said, with you know, Amazon app. I myself use the Amazon app all the time. So the mobile commerce, I think, for this year globally is $2 trillion plus. So that train's left the station. Everybody's pretty much there on trusting the mobile device being a point of sale yeah and uh, and it's just a matter of the church kind of instead of being behind that curve staying in front of that curve now i i love the fact that what you guys have been doing and you're being generous with your data right so tidely has this data and you've looked at over i think you said two thousand churches worth of data and millions of dollars of transactions so this isn't like saying hey we've looked at like three customers and um right. this is big data um, yep. And if I'm, I just want to highlight that number. Over fifty percent of donations are over two hundred and fifty dollars per transaction. Exactly right. And our our basic transaction average is about one forty. Um, going back to my days, you know, as a pastor, you know, you're thinking most churches are going to be in that thirty forty dollar range per person in contribution. So um, digital giving is definitely three times the size of the amount of the contribution. And I think that's a couple things. I think it's the convenience and the easiness of people giving. Um, but you're also hitting a demographic that's, you know, pretty affluent and and, and certainly doesn't have a problem with making contributions. Gotcha. Their, and their do you think, is it because also, is it, they are, they're not giving every single week. That 250 encompasses a couple, right? I think that's the, that tends to be the behavior these days of people um, when they're writing a check even that it's, They'll write mm -hmm. a check once a month, once every other week. It, it's, I read a study somewhere, I forgot that it's usually time to their paychecks, which is usually bi-weekly in many places, right? So that's a big deal, right? So we have, there's little things within our app that allow you to set up recurring giving. So there's two things that really move the needle 
when it comes to increased church giving. And that's why we exist, okay? All of the team at Tidely, we're all, you know, local church guys. Some of us are pastors, youth pastors, worship pastors. We're all local church. And our mission is to get your offerings, your income to increase. That's what we do. So in my mind, when I was kind of architecting the product with my son, initially back in the early days, you know, we were probably the first, I think we were the first app on the app store as on the iOS app store for as a giving um, solution. But there's two things that move the needle. One is the ability for people to give anywhere, anytime. So hence the mobile solution. Number two is recurring giving. So back in the day when people had a PayPal button on their website, yeah. it took 27 clicks to set up recurring giving, which no one ever did. So we have a two click system. So you choose your pay period, weekly, monthly, first and 15th, bi-weekly, whatever it is. And then you, you know, basically choose the day that you want it to start. Nice, nice. So those, those two things really uh, allow giving to increase because, and we found that people aren't not wanting to give. It's just that the church has made people give number one on a Sunday. Yes. Right. And they have to give with a checkbook or cash. Well, millennials 35 and under don't know what a check account is. Don't know what a checkbook is. My kids don't. And you know, they don't carry cash. Everything is debit card or credit card. So it's giving people the solution to be able to do it and they use it and they're on vacation. They're listening to the church podcast. They hear the message. They've looked at the calendar in the app, whatever. And the next kind of normal thing for them to do is to make that contribution. Yeah. And so that's a great, nice anecdotal thing to say, but I think you actually have data in this study that backs it up that it's not just Sundays. What percentage of giving is actually captured on a Sunday for your customer base? So we, for many, you know, for the last three years, anecdotally, we thought it was about 50%, Monday to Saturday giving, okay, non-Sunday. We thought, and that's about 50-50. Once we dived into the data, we found that across all these, and we're talking tens of millions of dollars, one-third is on a Sunday. Wow. Two-thirds are Monday through Saturday, and it's so, about even all the way through. So the, the majority of giving to churches, the offering plate, actually doesn't yep. happen in the offering plate on Sunday morning. Correct. And the reason is, is that you're lucky if you've got committed members coming more than twice a month. So, you know, whether it's the soccer, kids have got soccer, or Arnie, Betty, and Fred are in town, or, I mean, it's there's 10 reasons why people aren't in church mm -hmm. on a Sunday. And so, again, okay, I'm not there physically, but I have a mobile phone. You know, we did a blog post a couple of years ago. Everyone pretty much sleeps with a mobile phone beside their bed. They're, they're, that thing is glued to their life. And so kind of attaching the giving proponent to you see two-thirds of giving coming not on a Sunday. And let me just tell you, as a pastor, that is the holy grail. If, if you can have a... a, a situation where people useful right as a minister but reality is most pastors know that that is not the case and so if you can get people giving during the week while they're not in church it doesn't get much better than that wow so uh that's i mean i think that's a big eye-opening thing that many people listening to our conversation today is that um it's not something that you're forcing a new behavior but you're actually probably aligning yourself with other people, the actual congregation's behavior, how they like to budget, how they like to spend, how they pay their bills, 
how they, they get paid right. during the week. They don't get their paychecks on Sunday, right? They get their paychecks during the week. Um, they don't sit right. down to write the check to the utility company or do their online banking um, on Sunday morning. They actually do it some other times. Um, and so right. I think that's pretty interesting. And I love the fact that if you looked at the data set that you shared with us, and I, this is all available on your website at uh, tithely.com, uh, tithely, right? Tithe.ly. Yep, tithe.ly. Yep, tithe um, I'll send you a link that you can send out to your members that they can see this data sheet directly. But it's there's a couple things there that you mentioned. So, you know, looking at, at the month, months of the year, um, the summer slump, which is classic, right? So, every, like, school's getting out, everyone's excited, but the pastor is not excited because he knows during the summer his income's going to go down, probably yeah. up to 30%. So what happens is, is that when you put, again, a mobile giving solution in the hands of the members, guess what? They're going to use it. And so what we see is that our numbers actually stay firm and, and our July, August is actually up. And so people, when they have the ability to give with their phone, are going to give even when they're out of town on, and, and on vacation. That, that to me is um, quite surprising. The fact that you do have attendance and you have giving and they are not correlated. That people Correct. have an affinity and loyalty to the church. They understand the mechanics of their spiritual life that they are, need to give as a discipline. And it's something that you're, you're empowering them to follow through with that spiritual discipline of giving. Will you think about why we even have podcasts? The, the only reason we have a podcast is to allow the members that weren't there on Sunday to be able to listen, right? So why wouldn't we give them an ability to give when they're not there on a Sunday, right? So, and that's the whole thing behind, you know, we have our free solutions that a church can get up and going with us in five minutes and it's gonna cost them no um, amount per month to do that. But then we can also build custom apps, which are a lot of churches have now, whether not just the podcast, you've got the bulletin and the calendar and the, you know, all the bells and whistles of what goes on in church life wrapped in a customized app. But where churches have been on the podcast train for years because they wanted people to keep up to date with the message. Well, this all this does is kind of transfer that mindset into the whole giving space as well so they can give and, not, and don't have to be in church. Yeah. So one of the really interesting things that I want to call out in this, um, I guess, um, the data set that you're talking about in terms of the, the summer slump does not affect the giving. It's really interesting to me that June, July, August, those giving, um, those giving amounts actually exceed what people typically give in January, February, and March um, at the beginning of the year. So uh, this is just something I think that's mind-blowing to yep. a lot of people. There's probably going to be an epiphany here and there as people listen because pastors, I think you're right. Like We always think that the summer months is dead. You're not going to launch any new programs. Yep. You're not going to have any big – the only thing you're going to have is maybe VBS, right? Um, and you might have some sort of summer retreat. But um, giving itself is a completely different animal. And what, what would you say – what's your recommendation then? How do you message that from the pulpit or through your newsletters knowing that they're not going to be physically in the seats but you're going to give? So do you increase that messaging, asking for money? So I, that is – you know, other than the solution, providing the tools, the other component that's probably the most key uh, in seeing uh, this, you know, be valuable is education. So I, I always, you know, we can give you all the tools, like here's text giving. Wow, that's a two-second giving solution. Here's an app. 
right? It's just so cool. So we can do all the technology, but if you're not educating your church, and this is kind of an, an area that I'm kind of on the side, very passionate about. Mm. When I was pastoring, I was the guy that the churches, you know, that I knew would call and say, hey, Dean, would you come and we want to take a special offering for a building fund or whatever. And I'd go in there and do the spiel, right, and get people giving. Um, I think the, the technology is one thing, but the education is the other. I just to educate pastors on being bold, um, not backing off, talking about giving and finance. Um, the whole concept of Christianity is built around generosity, right? So we're taught in the New Testament to be generous with everything. You're, you're laying down your whole life. So whether you have a theological issue with the tithe, let's just put that aside for a second and decide that Jesus has taught us to be generous people. Right. And I think if that message can be preached, you know, if not on a weekly basis, certainly on a monthly basis, somewhere around the giving moment, you're instructing your members about generosity and using the Bible to teach on, you know, obviously God's perspective on generosity. I think that's a really key part. And then, you know, we have little things built into the app, like push notifications. So, you know, if people give on a Friday, we've got some really cool technology that basically sends a little reminder if they're using our app. Hey, don't forget to give. We know you're away or whatever. Um, on a Sunday morning, we have this little push notification that comes out 9 o'clock right across every reminders um and of course the user can turn those on because the bottom line is they want to give yeah we just haven't given them the, the the tools and the way in which to do it so i think yeah here's the tools here's the education don't be afraid to talk about it because there's people sitting in your church that want to make contributions right throughout the year yeah. and uh and that's that's a big deal so one of the things that electronic giving allows us to do that cash and checks in an offering plate doesn't allow us to do is actually go after what donor development, you know, in terms of donor development, stewardship campaign people, pastors, you know, people who are receiving the money, nonprofits and churches, uh, they want recurring giving, that automatic, automated giving, right, that on a monthly basis uh, to give. as and, and part of that is cultivating consistent tithing, consistent giving. Um, what percentage of churchgoers that are using your digital giving solutions are actually showing up as consistent giving in their behavior? Um, yep. Is that a, a small, big, what, what percentage of the population is that? Oh, so I'll throw a couple of numbers at you. One is we see that our consistent givers give half the budget. So if you are a consistent giver to your church, you're actually providing. Now, we see 13% of our customers set up recurring automatic payments. Yeah. But but that doesn't mean you're not a, a, a recurring giver. That doesn't mean you're not someone who's giving consistently. So there's the recurring as an automatic thing, which yes. is, again, like I said, two clicks, really easy. But then there's the idea of getting people in the mindset of giving consistently. And if you can get people in that mindset to give consistent, our numbers show that 85% of people who give not very regularly provide half the budget and 15% who give regularly provide the other half. So as a minister, what you're thinking is I've got to educate and train my people to give on a regular basis because that's going to raise my bottom line. And oh, by the way, here's an app or a text giving solution that's going to make it really easy for you and make that, that happen. So can you share with us one what's the what's the breakthrough concept that a pastor needs to think about 
in terms of how do they actually have those conversations about being consistent in your giving? What right. you know? What what's the you know the value add? I, there's a, a lot of value add for me, the pastor, the church staff, the person that needs the money. What is the value add? How do you? What's that concept that we're trying to teach or share with the congregation? Yeah. So. If we, if we shift into kind of a theological perspective for a second, right? So as a pastor, I'm I'm preaching and teaching to do a couple of things. I'm trying to lead people to Christ, right? So I'm going to have some component of the gospel message wrapped in whatever series I'm teaching and whatever. The other thing I'm trying to do as a minister, I'm trying to I'm trying to help people grow in their faith mm. and grow in their relationship with God. So I, and I want to do that on a number of levels. I want them to grow in their marriage. I want them to grow in their ability to relate. In their business life, you know, we want people to be successful. That's that's the discipleship journey that as ministers, I think we're charged with leading people to Christ and having those people grow into, you know, a full relationship and walking with God. So I think you have to put the finance thing in that mix. And I think when we understand as ministers, we're charged with seeing people understand what the Bible says. A lot of myths, a lot of miscommunication about what the Bible teaches about money. And I would just say that there's elements of the body of Christ that may have been extreme talking about money. And so it's caused us to recoil in some moments. But I would just uh, always encourage pastors to not back down from teaching what the Bible says. And I think that's the bottom line for us, right? We're, we're as ministers, the Bible is our bottom line. It either is or it isn't. And if you search and dig and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into the scriptures and what they say about money, you will be many, many hours and days and, and getting great revelation of what the Bible says about finance. So it's a willingness of the minister to get the revelation first. It starts at the top. So I, I always would teach, you know, some pastors are like, well, I, I'm not sure I need to tithe or give because I'm the minister. It's like, no, 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 no. I mean, you should be leading the way in your generosity and giving. And so I would say pastors, leaders first, and then, you know, like with anything, you know, I can I can tell you what to do or I can show you what to do with my own behavior. And I think uh, in today's age where people can be a little bit cynical about church and pastors, I think we need to be leading the way. So I think it's a conglomeration of a lot of those thoughts. That's great. That's, I mean, I think people need to think about it really intentionally um, and, and again, it's uh, what I love what I'm hearing from you is that it's not just from my point of view. You need to be empathetic and really understand the spiritual journey of the parishioner that you're trying to relate to and really help them flourish in that. And that it is ultimately going to help them. Because if you can, if you can not let money own you, right? Because part of the, I think part of the process of, of, you know, a biblical perspective of giving is that we want to put God first in everything. And it's like we're willing to allow God to take control of me. It's like, I mean, so when when I think you know teaching what the Bible says about giving is a freeing thing for the believer, because what we're doing is we're trusting in something that we can see, and that should really allow us to easily more trust in the things that we can't see. And I I think there's a correlation there that, that we certainly need to be teaching. Nice, nice. Well, um, thank you so much for spending time with us to unpack this. There's a bunch of more data that you guys have really shared and made available, which I think is 
um, not just interesting to consume, but it actually is very practical because you can make some informed decisions to your own ministry, wherever you are, small, bo- small or big box church, it doesn't matter. Um, where can yep. people find the, the research and the data that you guys just published? Yeah, so um, if you go to our website, tithe.ly, you'll be able to see not just the solutions, but you'll be able to kind of dig into the research there as well. And uh, you have the link, so I'm sure you'll be able to make your listeners available to that. Feel free to share it. Um, I just kind of finished in saying we're not the only provider. You know, we're a we're a very kind of focused Christian company that's all about giving. But I would encourage your listeners to really investigate. If they've got a PayPal button on their website and that's their only form of digital giving, they're about 15 years behind what's going on out there in the real world. So just kind of do your homework. Look at the providers that are out there that provide the kind of services we provide. We obviously feel like that ours is the best and it's the cheapest and blah, blah, blah. But I think um, if, you know, the service that I'd like people to come away with, the thinking today, is this is a big deal. And if you can get a hold of this, it's going to really transform your uh, your bottom line. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so we typically end these interviews with some a speed round of questions. Are you ready for a speed round of questions? I'm ready, baby. Far away. Okay, and talking about generosity, what's one thing that you would spend money on that your parents never would? Oh, my gosh. I'm a foodie. I love eating out, and I live in Los Angeles. And, and... Great. So that's my second question. As your go-to, what is your go-to comfort food? My, my wife is Italian, so Italian is pretty much it. But I was raised in Australia. And so anything Asian is definitely right up the top of my list as well. <laughs> I like that answer. Um, and lastly is, um, which do you, where do you feel most at home? At home, at work, or on vacation? Uh, at home. I love being at home with my family. Nice, nice. Well, I appreciate you being with us today and being authentic and sharing some of the things that you guys have learned um, in your work in generosity in this whole space. Um, if someone was listening today and wanted to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way they can do that? They can email me directly, dean, D-E-A-N, at tithe.ly. Just send me an email. Happy to chat anytime. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. We'll have to have you back on again to share a little bit of, of some of the other aspects of your business yeah. and what you guys are doing in terms of innovation. Really appreciate the time you had with us today. My pleasure. Thanks, Kenny. We appreciate what you're doing, too, for the body. God bless. Thank you. And everybody here, thank you so much for spending time with us here at Generosity Labs, where we are talking to innovators and church leaders across the kingdom, really trying to figure out how we can all cultivate a culture of generosity together. Thanks for listening. If you do me a favor, thumb up this episode. Give us some positive comments and feedback on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And check out our website at generositylabs.org. I'm Kenny Jang. Thank you for listening and catch you next time here on the Generosity Labs podcast. 